Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when it comes to the show. What's up? And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2022 Valero Texas Open. We are back after a week off because of my schedule and uh, so much fun with the WGC release that uh, I'm kind of glad we missed. Unfortunately, Jesse probably isn't, but uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at BDentric, the, the podcast at Always Press DFS, and the man I just mentioned on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing it's a Monday. It's a Monday. Yeah. That's all I can say. Well, I mean, you know, shit happens, dude. You mm-hmm. can't beat yourself up over. I know we missed last week, and fuck, I love Scotty Scheffler, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if we, we were talking before the show, thank God the Masters is next week, and pricing will be out early. If the, Like, even yesterday, okay, there's four guys golfing all day. Four guys. Yeah. You tell me you can't get the pricing out on Sunday afternoon yeah. or something. Oh, like, yeah. it's, like, I get it when it's a full field event, and, you know, there might be this, that, and the other. Okay, whatever. Sure. But the NFL does it every week, even though there's Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. Like, let's get – I know people are saying PGA is the next big thing besides NFL. So, let's, you know, let's let's get that juice worth the squeeze, you know. Let's make it happen. I don't disagree. I thought we would have master salaries uh, by now, to be honest with you. Um, so, I'm a little bit confused uh, on that as well. But, you know, we'll see. On uh, I'd say they'll be out this week at some point. And, yeah, I mean, you know, when you – when you got a baby, dude, you know you got to you got you just got to you got to do what you can when you can. So yeah, it's always something though. It's either you know cleaners here, there's a baby, something. I don't know. It's just it's work. Mondays with work are always fun. But um, speaking of the Masters, real quick, Tiger playing or what? Uh it's just difficult for me to think that he will because he hasn't played in any tournaments. Um, and I, I know he doesn't want to go play there unless he thinks he can win. Yeah. So maybe that's what he's trying to figure out right now. I mean, obviously there's rumors of him playing currently around uh, golf courses in uh, Florida. So we'll see. But, um, I, I mean, I certainly hope so. Well, it'd be great if you could. But like we've talked about many times is uh, Augusta is one of the hardest walks in golf. It and is. For a guy that has trouble – you know, making it around as it is. And he even admitted it at the, you know, the, yeah. the father son thing. He was in a yeah. golf cart and it was still tough on him for three days. Uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, if anybody can do it, I wouldn't put it past Tiger. Right. That's just the, 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 the truth of it all. But um, you hit on a key thing there. He's not going to do it unless he can do it at Tiger levels. Right. So yes, it's not one of those guys like, you know, you get the honorary exemption because you're 75 and you've won and you're going to go shoot 25 over. He's never going to do that. You'll never see him out here. They're doing that. So this is a guy that thinks he can make the cut and make it interesting if he's out there. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, I, it just it's just hard for me to believe that he would go play that as his first tournament instead of um, getting warm up somewhere. Like yeah. if, if he was playing this week, I would most definitely believe he would be playing next week. But with him not having any kind of, you know, mentally preparing, physically preparing golf tournament, you know, I just, I, it's just difficult for me to believe. But again, I'm rooting for it. So, at worst, and again, he might not do it just because it's the spectacles of it all and whatever. But how fun would it like the the par three tournament be with him and Charlie? Like, I know it sounds silly, but that'd be so much fun to see those two just you know, slapping it around out there, but we'll see. We got another week before that comes up and we'll have you covered here on the podcast as always. 
But uh, you you were on Scotty last week, Kiz. Those two guys love that golf course, love that event. We'll say that yeah. much. They both love it. But uh, any any takeaways from there? Because I didn't get to watch a ton of it besides trying to follow it on my phone when the apps didn't crash because it sucked covering this event. So um, what do you what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I actually had Kiz and uh, and Scotty in my final. It's just the only thing I've gotten correct in a bracket in the last month. Uh, that tells you how my last <laughs> month has been. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I just kind of had the feeling that Scotty, Texas boy, um, he played well there last year and is just the best, been playing the best golf of anybody in the world. I just really liked his chances last week at the match play. And obviously that, uh, that was, that was true. Um, I was a little bit worried though. Did you, you didn't get to watch any of it? Like even on yesterday, I watched a little bit yesterday. Yes. Like on the back nine against DJ when he was, uh, you let them come back. Yeah. When he lost four in a row, he's five up through nine. I actually texted somebody. I was like, man, he should be seven up. And they're like, oh, he's whipping his ass. I'm like, yeah, but it's golf, man. Like that had me worried. Cause if obviously if he was seven up instead of five up, uh, you know, it's a totally different ball game, but he hits that tee shot. I think it was on 12 and hits it in the water, opens the door wide open for DJ. DJ birdies the next hole. Um, but the one thing about Scotty Scheffler is I don't think that you can get to him mentally. Um, no. I think he's just got a really, really strong mental game. And like, um, I guess he was unfazed by it. I myself was driving to the golf course, so I was listening to it. I didn't get to watch that portion of it, but. I mean, he wins it two and one and then goes out and just drills kids too. So, yeah, I mean, just overall, just very uh, impressive. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. He's turned into one of my favorite golfers. Three three wins already. It's not even April yet. Yeah. Um, he's Fucking number one insane. in the world. Yeah. He's just torching the fields right now. It's crazy. But, like, the unfaced stuff you mentioned, that, that shot in the water – I'll still never forget when we all took him and he missed the cut because he shot like eight over one day and then eight under the next day. Yeah. <laughs> like, most guys would have just packed it in after that eight over and he literally missed the cut by like one or two more strokes. Like he yeah. almost pulled off the inevitable. But uh, even in yesterday's round on Sunday against Kiz, he was up three and he like just chili dipped that chip into the bunker and he could have opened the door for Kiz to like get one back and be two under. And then there goes Scotty is chipping it in from the sand for birdie to basically tell kids, no, nah, this isn't happening today, dude. It's just not your day. Yeah, I didn't know uh, that. Oh, it was nuts. Like if you watch it, I didn't watch on, I didn't watch the, any of the, like the final 18 holes. I, I, I forget the actual number and people get mad probably, but it's the par five where you hit like 400 yards and he, um he launched one, but it kind of got caught up in this area right in front of a bunker. He had to take a drop because it was next to these like cables for the TV. Then there's a, a sprinkler head and he finally hits one and he hits it like on the slope next to the green, just short of the bunker. But it looked like everybody like, oh, it's a, he's got a good slope and all this should be a pretty easy chip for Scheffler. And he literally chili dips like three feet to the right, right into the bunker, right into the bunker. And I'm sitting there going, oh. And then he gets into the bunker, looks around a little bit, boom, boom, in for birdie. And, and Kiz is probably 10 feet for birdie. He makes the birdie to push the hole, but he's probably thinking, oh, sweet, I'm about to get to two with like seven holes to go. Like, I got a shot. I came back on Scotty earlier. Like, I got this. And then, no, not, yeah. not a chance. And that's the thing with, like you said, with Scheffler. It's unfazed. And that's why they showed his um his match play records from junior ams to ams, the whole thing. The dude's unconscious. Yeah. And, 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 and anything, Ryder Cups, you name it. So he's going to be a fun one for years to come. I agree. Yeah, but other than that, you know, match play is my favorite format. But it's, it's uh, a blast again to watch. 
it's because anybody's in play, man. It's just mm-hmm. wild. Last thing I'll mention, what are your thoughts on Bryson? I know we'll talk about him for the preview, but what's your thoughts on where he's at? <laughs> uh, it was terrible golf. I mm-hmm. mean, he just played He played better on in his last 18 holes, but before that, it was bad. So, yep. yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, he said he wasn't going to be 100% until Augusta. What I don't know what 100% is for him or whatever, but um, – yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch him this week and then next week as well. I'm excited to to do yeah. that. We'll see where he's at. Yeah, that first match for his bland was uh not good. Not good. Right. <laughs> but um all right, let's head over to the Valero Texas Open. It's been all throughout the schedule, all throughout the, its time in San Antonio. So why don't you give us a little past event history? Yeah, last uh last year Jordan Spieth, uh eighteen under, two shots over Charlie Hoffman. Twenty twenty was canceled. 2019 was a Corey Connors year when he Monday qualified, went on to win the tournament 20 under, 20 under two shots over Charlie Hoffman. Um, Andrew Landry was like a hunt, fucking 200 to one, 17 under two shots over Trey Mullinax and Sean O'Hare. Kevin Chappell, uh, 2017 champion, 12 under one shot over Brooks Kepka. Charlie Hoffman won in 2016 over Patrick Reed. Jimmy Walker, past event winner. Stephen Bowditch, past event winner. Martin Laird, Adam Scott, Zach Johnson, back-to-back years. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of long shots here, but until recently, the scores weren't that high, but they've gotten, I don't know what they've done to this golf course to make it a lot easier. Maybe it's just the wind, potentially. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's going to be a year. Yeah. I think it's it's between the, the year, as you mentioned, because um, I think it was um, – Lynn from uh, Rotowire tweeted it out. This tournament's been held, I think, in like seven different months throughout the year in its career. It's been all like it's been before the Masters, after the Masters, in the fall swing. It's been as early as January. It's it's been all over the board. Gotcha. Yeah, so condi- conditions for sure, which obviously because the wind's massive in Texas and this tournament becomes a massive wind thing. Um, I did read the last couple. I think the year Connors won at 20 under was wet. It rained. So it was throwing darts is what that was. Um, but like the year that, uh, I think Bowdo won or something, it was so windy. That was the year that, that we actually had like a four stroke difference in AMPM where you could have really taken advantage of it because, uh, uh the cut line was plus seven because of the wind factor. <laughs> uh, Kevin Nosh shot a 16 on a hole cause he got caught up in the woods. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, it, it is a windy thing, but the last few years really has not been bad. I think, I don't know if it's because of the change or what, but yeah, it's kind of like what you said. It's a, the wind is your defense. And so you have to check in on that on Wednesday for sure. But uh, it is TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course specifically is where this one is at, but the TPC course. So usually pretty friendly scoring if the conditions are right. And that kind of shows based on the scores that Jesse mentioned, some rolling really low, but, uh, if they want to tighten it up or it gets windy, you can get eaten alive. And the reason you can get eaten alive is the fairways are tree line, and if you get in the trees, you're just praying you can punch out somewhere decent. Otherwise, you're screwed. You're literally taking one to two strokes if you go under the trees. You're rarely ever going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, you can't go like Bubba Watson and the Masters and make your way through things. It's just not going to happen. So you have to hit the fairways. The rough is not penal. It's very, very hittable, so you're fine there, but um, you got to hit the fairways. It's got four par fours, four par threes, ten par fours, as you'd expect. And it's a gettable course. Um if you're in the fairways. And the reason I say that is if you look at the golf course, uh, you want to be able to score on the par fives because those all have a birdie percentage um, of about 20% or better with the par five 14 with a 42% birdie rate. 
Uh, there's only two par fours with pretty good birdie rates. The the par four seven teams just 347 yards, and then the par four fifth, which is 401 yards. So a couple short par fours, but you have a handful of uh, par fours from 450 to 500, and most of the par fives are 550 to 600 yards. So not a lot of guys are getting there in two either. So it's a lot of layup, get your wedge fest on, and that kind of brings the field back together. So you can just have bombers take advantage of this golf course, and that's kind of the case for all the holes. Like if you can hit a three wood stinger, like uh, you know Woodland is and get your approach shot two to two two twenty ish and you're comfortable there, you're gonna be fine at this golf course. Now if you're very accurate off the tee and you can bomb it like Rory McElroy, you could probably destroy this golf course if he's accurate. Like he can literally just make it a wedge fest. So like there's not one specific skill set can, that can win here, but you need to be accurate off the tees. You need to be able to scramble because the greens aren't small, but they're a little less than average, like 64, 6,500 square feet. They're uh bent with POA uh mix as you are Bermuda, Bermuda with POA uh, mix, which we've been seeing all over the Florida swing and whatnot. So, um, yeah, pretty standard stuff. A lot of sand on this golf course. The so sand saves will be big as well. Um, but just my biggest thing is accurate off the tee. Um, if you get, avoid bogeys personally because these par fours are long. So if you guys can get the, the pars there, take advantage of the par fives, you're going to make the weekend and see what happens. So what's your uh, what stats are you looking at this week? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you just – talked about greens and regulation um plenty of course history uh birdie or better because it is playing a lot easier uh you know over the more recent years par five scoring yeah no that's uh gonna be fun like you know on paper we seem to have the stats correct every week like there's no arguing that now he's got to get these guys to show up <laughs> and the one the one last thing i'll mention before we get a full field t-, t 65 and ties um we have five of the top 20 in the world playing this week jesse tweeted it out earlier today about after 9k it gets dicey <laughs> there's guys i can definitely make arguments for it's fun i mean but, we're, i'm gonna make arguments for like, him but it is sketchy but like I'm, when i was scrolling through it i'm like I see what Jesse's saying because you're going to see these names. Like even Johnny Vegas saying he's like 85 or something. We'll get there in a minute. We know what he can do, good and bad. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's the tricky part. 100%. So, And with so many of these guys, it's like I, I talked about the the fairways. If these guys get wayward, they're, they're not finding. They're not finding Saturday. So we'll see where that goes. So that means let's get into the DK picks for the week. 10K and above. You got Rory at 11-2. Hideki 10-8, his first appearance since he withdrew with back issues his last time out. Jordan Spieth at 10-6, Abraham Answer at 10-3, and Bryson at 10-2. So as you'd expect, a loaded range. Honestly, I know Bryson hasn't played much, and it was iffy last week. Still kind of surprised to see Abe above him. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of back issues, we didn't even talk about Paul Casey. Oh, withdrawing and then giving that whole crew, like basically the max points you could get, which I thought was BS. Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, he could have withdrawn before, but I guess it's just maybe the back spasm flared up that morning. Anyway, I had I had him in my lineup, and I still cashed it because I had uh, Scheffler and Kisner in the lineup. So it didn't end up, you know, fucking me too bad, but it still sucked. Uh, Rory at, at 11-2, um, his only appearance here was in 2013. He finished second. Um, like you said, it you know, it's, for somebody who hits it as long and accurate off the tee, you know, he should be the favorite, which obviously he is. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, do you want to pay that much this week for him I mean I kind of lean towards yes just because the win equity Um, because you know like I said below 9k it's like really sketchy and so you know if you can find a lineup you're comfortable with with Rory I I would not talk you out of it and then the other guy I'm interested in is is Hideki Uh, you know he finished 30th here last year 
um, and and is coming off the top twenty at the at the API, which is his last official start, um, and hasn't missed a cut since the Wyndham Championship back in August. I mean, Jordan Spieth. Normally, I am. I would be yes. It's just he. His form this year is like not great. Like last year when he was coming into this tournament before he won, he finished fourth, uh, third, fifteenth, fourth, forty eighth. So he was you know, in. yeah. I mean, he had three top fives in there. This year he's coming in, miscut second, sixtieth, twenty sixth, miscut. You see the videos of him trying like a new swing and everything too at the match play. No, I didn't. And it sucks because I really want to play him next week. Because the course history is insane. Nobody wants to play him. Um, we'll get there when we get there, see what his price is. But it's just hard. Um, I think, you know, I think answer's fine. Uh, he's a Texas dude. He's just not had a whole hell of a lot of success around here. His best finish is 23rd, which was last year. So, And then Bison, man, I, two missed cuts here and his two starts. You know, coming off a miscut his last stroke play event, which was back in January, did not look good last week. You know, good luck. I mean, maybe he'll win. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it. You know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he won, but I think a miscut is more likely than a win myself. So. Well, yeah, because with with Bryson, we've talked about it. Like, obviously, with Rory, it's like, hey, if he can hit it straight, he's going to kill this field. But you can say the same thing for Bryson, but we see Bryson less straight way more often, it feels like. Like, he's trying to cut corners and take advantage of things, and he doesn't care about hitting in rough. Well, you don't get that advantage here. Like, you're going into the trees, right. and now you're screwed. Yeah. So, we'll see what Bryson can do. But, hey, if he puts it together off the tee, you never know. You never know in this deal. The biggest thing at the match play is putting was disastrous. And usually his putting's pretty decent. That was like – and, you know, as people that play golf, I know for me, if I take a long way off of the short game is the first thing that's oh, going yeah. like It's so – but you'd still think if he has had a, you know, that whatever little injury he had, he should have been practicing putting somewhere, you'd imagine. But, uh, yeah. you know, with Bryson, you never know. He's taking protein shakes and, you know, doing whatever. So who knows what he's up to. But, yeah, for me in this range, it's it's pretty similar to you. It's Rory and it's it's Matt's. Rory's fourth my model. Matt's is second. Two elite ball strikers. Um, Rory's first in par five scoring. Hideki's fourth. I use past 24 rounds as usual. But Hideki's also third in par four scoring. You know, if you talk about opportunities, like these guys should check all the boxes. It's pretty simple two of the best in the field it does definitely make it uh, you have to go a little more stars and scrubsy which is going to be interesting this week but tons of long shots cover here as you mentioned you know also these big guys they've all qualified for the masters which we've seen guys kind of just use this as a tune-up and head to augusta early at times which gets a little frustrating and that's why you get a lot of long shots winning here because they have to win to get in so they're being aggressive they're going it's, it's almost like corn fairy-esque like let's just go for pen seek pen seeking moments yeah and um that's a dk angle for sure 100 percent something you could think about when you're doing it. But for me, it's, it's Rory and Hideki. I'm with you. You'd have to imagine if Decky's playing, you'd imagine he's healthy at the same time. He might be testing his back to see if he's healthy for next weekend, which scares me as well. Right. But you'd imagine he's out here if he's feeling good. Cause he wants yeah. to get a couple rounds in before he goes to Augusta. So it's Rory, it's Decky for me. The only other guy I'd be willing to go off of, and I want to keep track of ownership because he, he rates out 69th in my model. Cause it's been a rough go, but the last few rounds for Abe answer has been pretty good. As you mentioned, um, they don't have the updated, they don't have WGC on here, but you know, miscut of Valspar T33 at the players. Uh, but we talk about approach game, one of the best in the fields with Abe Answer. Um, he's eighth in, in, in good drives as well. So he'd be my guy from an ownership play. But I, if I'm going up here, which I probably won't, this feels like a let's play a couple 9K guys week, which might be popular. Uh, Hideki and Rory would be my two guys. 
Uh, 9K, you got Corey Connors at 98, Siwoo at 96, Mav at 95, Kirk is up to 94, Woodland 93, Keegan 92, Finau and Day 91 and 9,000. This that that was tough to stay right there. <laughs> I mean, it you know it really starts getting sketched below 10, but I mean I can stomach some of these guys like Corey Connors um, obviously won this tournament and then back that up with a 14th place finish the year, the next uh, iteration of this golf tournament. Um, after the COVID year. And then he got out of the pod play obviously last week and finished uh, by beating Dustin Johnson in the third place match. Pretty solid. Um, I would see, I would think he'd be popular, especially with all the TV time he got last week. But, uh, and then Mav McNeely, he played really well last week too, and and got beat in a playoff, um, which I think. Playoff rules are ridiculous. Yeah, but whatever. Um, I don't know how he got into the play. I thought he was kind of just already in. I needed him because I had him in some lineups, but either because he was dominating, like he scored a shit ton of points for the three matches that he was in. But either way, he hasn't missed a cut since the uh, the Shriners back in October. Um, he's never played here, but I like him quite a bit at 9,500. Uh, Woodland, 9,300. He's a guy who has been playing better of late. Um, he did have a couple top fives there and then missed the cut at the, uh, the players. But he, I mean, shot 79 on Saturday or whatever the fuck day that was that they played the second round. And, and I'm sure that was weather related. So I wouldn't really throw too awful much weight into that. And then come back to the Vals bar and finish 21st. Um, does have some decent course history. Uh, sixth last year, 26th year before that. A couple missed cuts before that. And last but not least, Keegan. Um, I mean, he's made the cut here three of, uh, I'm sorry, four of five times. And uh, obviously played really well at the, at the players. Was, you know, a solid finish at API. He missed the cut at the Valspar, but, I mean, I'm not really too awful concerned about that. But my favorite play in this region is is McNeely with, with Connors as a close second. Yeah, Connors will be a, a great play, probably popular, as you mentioned. But he's second in this field over the last 24 rounds in good drives again. Um, it seems just like that, that's one thing I want to focus on is I want these guys finding that fairway, giving them a chance to go for birdies. And uh, Connors can do that with the best of them. I think Siwoo is quite interesting. Uh, he's 18th on my model here. When you look at uh, some of Siwoo's recent events, you know, he withdrew at the players. T26, the Arnold Palmer played pretty good last week at the WGC, which was good to see. He's made four straight cuts here, including a T23 and a T4 last year, or 2019 at this event. So he's played this course pretty well. So I think he can get some low ownership on Siwoo at 96, and that could be a guy I could turn to. I'll bite the bullet on Chris Kirk at 94. He's sixth in my model. He's sixth in opportunities gained. He's eighth in DK scoring, 11th in par four scoring, 17th in par five. Like, He's not crushing you in uh, in any one way or another. Miscut at the players, I can let that one go. T5 with Arnold Palmer, T7 at Honda. Coming in in really good form. T6 here last year, miscut T8, miscut T13. So if he makes the cut, he's a GPP play for sure. Like He's got you a good finish. So I'll go with some Chris Kirk at 94. I'm hoping people see that price and go, oh, I can't pay that for Chris Kirk and uh, and go that route. I'm with you on Gary Woodland. I think he's phenomenal at 9300 bucks, third in bogey avoidance in this field. Uh, Keegan Bradley at 92. I like he's ninth in my model. Like this 9K range is loaded with people that the, the model likes quite a bit. The one thing Keegan stinks really bad at besides putting is sand saves. He's almost last in this field. So hopefully he avoids that. But um, yeah, that's that's the group. And you know, I like here. Connors will probably be very popular. So it might take me off of him besides like a couple splashes in a 20 match. I think Siwoo for ownership, like Chris Kirk a lot. And then Woodland and Bradley definitely have some uh, upside there, especially the way Woodland. You know, Bradley's been playing really well, as we know, but uh, Woodland's been kind of sneaky good as well. T21, miscut the players, T5, T5, Palmer, and the Honda. So 
I think Woodland might be finding it again. Hopefully he finds it this week, uh, but maybe he's saving it for the Masters. Who knows? But uh, I think this 9K range, I'm going to find myself a lot of at least two guys in this range in a lot of my builds. Uh, 8K range we go. We got Hadwin at 89, Streelman at 87, Vegas 86, Luke List 85, Davis Riley 84, Russell Knox 83, Hoffman 82, Mito 81, Kazire and Palmer at 8,000. What are you liking in this range? Um, Kevin Strillman, 8,700. Hasn't missed a cut here since 2011. He hasn't played every single year, but um, does have some really solid finish, especially the last two times he played, uh, sixth and eighth. Um, and then he has, uh, in his last two tournaments, finished uh, seventh uh, at the Valspar, 22nd at the Players' Championship. Um, he's a, I think he's a solid GPP play. Vegas, we know about him. I mean, very up and down. He's missed a cut every other year here. His best finish since 2014 is 30th, which was a couple of years ago. But if you like patterns, he's, he's on track this year to make the cut. Um, I think he's okay. Davis Riley at uh, 8,400. I saw something um, – where he won some kind of corn fairy event corn here. Corn fairy event here. Yep. Yeah. I'm guessing that's why he's so high up. I mean, and two weeks ago. Yeah, finished second at the Valspar. I get that. But I mean, that's his best finish. I think he's a Texas guy. I think he played with uh, Shuffler a lot down here. I got you. Uh, Mito, 8,100. Um, hasn't played here, uh, but I, I, I do like him. And then last but not least, Roman Palmer. Now, his course. I mean, his current form isn't necessarily great. Miscut, 70th miscut, miscut in his last four starts. Uh, but we're back in Texas. He has pretty good course history here. 17th miscut, miscut, 6th, 4th, 6th. So I don't think anybody will play Ryan Palmer. And I think he's worth a shot, especially in this field at this price. Um, again, his, I know his, his current form sucks, but with the course history, I, I'll take a shot. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't even look at any of the stats or anything when I saw Ryan Palmer in Texas. I checked the box right out the gate. Uh, you mentioned the current form is rough, but uh, the course history does look pretty good, so I'll definitely have a few uh, shares of Palmer in my builds. But uh, starting back up top here, Adam Hadwin ranks fifth in my model. Terrifying. Ninth in approach, ninth in grid drives, first in bogey avoidance um, in, in this field. And we look at Hadwin, T23 here last year, T72 back in 2017. And he's uh, coming into this event back to back top tens. Yeah, Valspar <laughs> and the players. It's like he's rating out beautifully, eighty nine hundred bucks. It's like okay, I guess we're going Adam Hadwin again this week. He's done yeah. this to us in the past, Jesse. Like when he's playing well, he puts a string together, and yeah. then it just kind of disappears again somewhere. So um, this might be some more Adam Hadwin fun. Vegas is tenth in my model. I echo everything you said. He's second in par five scoring in this field, fourth in DK points in the last twenty four rounds. It's just all or nothing with Johnny Vegas, so let's roll, roll some dice. He loves his TPC courses. Most TPC courses don't uh, have trees like this, though. Let's put it that way. They're more resorty than this. Right. But uh, if he stays in the fairways, he can make it work. And he is, you know, 32nd in this field in good drives. So that might be just good enough. What if I told you the number one ranked player in my model was, once again, for the upteenth time, it feels like, Luke List. This is so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. First in my model, he's fourth off the tee, third in approach, third around the green, Fifth on par fours, first in opportunities gained, third in birdie or better. Um, yeah, it's terrifying. He's T17 here last year and three straight missed cuts and a T29 at this tournament. So that's terrifying. Then withdraw and a missed cut at the Arnold Palmer. But wasn't the withdraw because he signed the wrong card or something? Uh, I want to say it was something like that. He's probably going to miss the cut anyways. Yeah, so 
listed eighty five hundred bucks will be here. I got some Davis Riley at eighty four. Russell Knox eighth in my model. He's fourth in good drives. Continually puts together some pretty good um, overall results for us uh, of late. When you look at Rusty Knox, so I'll take some of him at uh, eighty three hundred T fifty seven T six the players. And then other than that, oh, you mentioned Palmer. I will have some Patton Gazire. He's third in my model. He's fifth on approach, seventh in DK scoring, eighth in San Jose's, tenth in opportunities gained, twelfth in par four scoring. And I remember playing him a ton in Texas last year, and it worked out really well. Low ownership. He T9 here last year, which was great. He's actually playing some really interesting golf. T33, T22, T32. His last three terms, Valspar players, API. So Kazire at 8K will be on my list as well. What are we going to do about Charlie Hoffman? I just keep fading him right now. I know he's got the past history here, Texas boy, but 138th in my model. He has one square that's green on this chart, and that's still 67th around the green. Everything is 101 or worst that I have in my yeah, model. I'm with you. I mean, like, you know, I was talking about uh, Palmer being, you know, having the, the course history or whatever, being a Texas guy. I mean, it's similar with Charlie. I think the other issue that I have with Charlie is doesn't he, isn't he dealing with some back issues? It's often I had so many withdrawals. Like, if you just look at his, uh, his recent – Miscut of the Valspar, miscut of the players. Doesn't even go. I don't even have anything past that. But I know he, on the West Coast swing, he had a handful of back withdrawals. I feel like he was like at the Genesis. He was wearing, um, oh yeah, like, like a, a brace thing. Yeah, like in between shots, something to keep his kind of keep his like back, a back warmer. Yeah, it's sketchy, but like his course history is fucking awesome. Second, second, sixty fourth, fortieth, first, eleventh, eleventh. Like if you're making twenty max, maybe you have a couple. Like yeah. I, I could see the appeal. I'm just terrified. Right now, he's not checked off on my model. I'm with you. I didn't have him either. I just didn't know. It's a great point, I've, though, because I we said feel like if I'm going to all the time, <laughs> if I'm going to talk about Ryan yeah. Palmer, I should mention him. I guess with Ryan Palmer, we've just seen it more recently. Even though he has miscut the players and T70 well, Honda, we've still seen it with Ryan Palmer, where he's not limping off the field. <laughs> that's that's my thing. Like if 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 Charlie Hoffman. Even with the form, if he had missed those two cuts in a row and hadn't been playing that great, but didn't have the back issues, it'd be a different story. That, that's the only thing that scares me. It's and ever since issue. he piped off of the PGA on Instagram at Phoenix, he's missed cuts. He hasn't. Like, he's just been MIA. So I don't know what's going on with Charlie. Maybe he needs to take a PR school from Phil's guys and go take a breather. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that works. Uh, Seventy-five to seventy-nine. We got Bobby Mack, Hogard, Thigala, Cooch, Poulter, Fowler, Gim. Uh, KH Lee, Steele, Laird, Lonto, and McCarthy. A lot of names we used to see in the 9K range in a field like this. Yeah. Um, start with uh, the, both the 7,900 guys there, uh, Hugard and McIntyre. Uh, my, my, my model likes both of them. Neither one of them have ever played here. Um, but both coming in with decent form, so it's kind of like pick your poison there. And I would imagine that, uh, you know, I, I mean, how are they rating out in, in your particular model? Um, Bobby Mack is 22nd. Hogard's 107. Hmm. Who else did you say? That was just those two. That's yeah. the only two I was talking about because I was just trying to talk, you know, to kind of think through like yeah. ownership wise. I mean, my model likes them both. Um, I think they're both fine to play. McIntyre obviously played last week at the, uh, at the match play, didn't get out of his pod. Um, and, and Hogard played over in the Dominican Republic, finished sixth. Has been playing a lot of European tour golf um, and hasn't missed a cut since. Well, that's uh, how both October. these guys are. So, for like my model, it doesn't account for any of that. So, mm-hmm. like, it's tough to really say I'm when Bobby Max 22nd, that's... Hogard's 107th, it's like, yeah, 
that's probably why Hogarth's so low on yours because he really has only he's got just that in the last twenty four. I mean, obviously, if you go back further for him, like he's got a, a, some miscuts in there, but I mean, that's like the Shriners, you know. Yeah. So, um, and then Thigala at seventy eight hundred. Uh, I finished twenty second last week, seventh at the Valspar. Um, I think he's fine. KH Lee at seventy six hundred. Uh, he has two made cuts in a row at this golf tournament and has not missed a cut since the Sanderson's farm. So he's missed one yeah. cut in this quote unquote year for the PGA tour. Um, not necessarily great finishes, but you know, is making cuts at 7,600 bucks in this field. Uh, and then lastly, Brendan Steele, he's got some good course history. He's, he's missed the cut here in 2014, but has made it every year since. Um, and he's coming off a solid finish at the players, uh, played well at the API, um, had five straight missed cuts before that. So it seems like he f- maybe figured something out there. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is an interesting range. Like, I want to play Bobby Mack. He played really well last week. I, l- I love him to begin with, but uh, I could see the concerns at the same time. But, and, and then your Hogarth comment, what he, we saw last week at Corrales, maybe I need to reassess because you just these Euro guys in the model, it's a mess. So I'm going to check him out just to look at him some more. But I do like the idea there, especially from an ownership standpoint, as you mentioned. I think a lot of go to Thigal. He's 28th in my model. He's a big birdie machine. Played okay last week. We've seen the ups and downs with him, so I'm with you there. But I like Dougie Gim, 20th in my model, 6th in par 5 scoring. Um, just got to you know keep it between <laughs> between the trees. That's what Gim's got to do. But T6, the players, uh, he, I thought he played last weekend, but there's no no notes here. So we'll see how that goes. But I do like some Dougie Gim. I love KH Lee. He's only 65th in my model, but you mentioned all those made cuts. Uh, loves TPC courses which is um, a, a big thing. Like he got the, he had the the first round leader at Scottsdale, TPC Scottsdale, uh, T44 here last year. No, um, Dougie Lee T23, T14 here at this event, which is tremendous. So I love some KH Lee uh, in this tournament at 7,600. The only other guy I have here is Brennan Steele. You know, he's 80th in my model and he's a little sketchy on the par fives, but uh, you know, 11th in good drives and, He's one of those guys we talk about almost every week. The ratings never look great, but he plays like f- at least five straight made cuts here. That's as far back as my deal goes. And he's coming in to this event with um, – where is he? T13 of the players, T26 of the API in his last two tournaments. So if you want to get a low-owned play, no one rosters Brendan Steele pretty much every week. So he's 7600 bucks if you want to go that route. All right, 7K to 74. Jesse, who you liking? Um. Start with Glover at seventy four hundred. Uh, the, the course history is you know, pretty decent. Three starts, uh, fourth last year, fourteenth year before that. Missed cut in two thousand fifteen. Um, coming off a missed cut at the Players Championship again. We're not holding that against too often many people. His his year's been kind of up and down, but at seventy four hundred, with a lot of these names around him, I'd rather go there. Pat Perez at seventy one, having a decent year, has decent course history. Uh, his best finish here was two thousand eleven. He finished fifth, but uh, did make the cut last year, so. I think he's fine. Alex Smalley at 7,100. Um, he played well last week, finished second uh, over at the, in the Dominican Republic um, and, and has, has had, you know, a, a, an okay year for somebody like, you know, Alex Smalley is making some cuts and missing some cuts. Similar with, with Kramer Hickok. Um, his, his course history is not good, two straight missed cuts, but um, has made three consecutive cuts on tour. I think Neesmith is another guy who's kind of, Interesting. He's actually played here before. You know, last year he finished thirty fourth, uh, third place finish at the Valspar, um, and then I mean maybe Bo Hostler, uh, just if you want to play the 
Texas narrative. Um, he does have three straight miscuts at this tournament. Lastly, 7,000 uh, Schwab. Uh, just something that I guess the model kind of likes. He's never played here before, but, you know, has played last week, 44th. Um, missed the cut to Valspar. Two straight top tens before that, though, so. Yeah, for me in this range, uh, Nick Taylor's 13th in my model. He's been rated now really well lately, which is uh, always a tough one. Maybe I'm just something wrong. He's made four of the last five cuts here, including a 22nd and 21st back in 17 and 16. And over uh, his recent rounds, T25 at Corrales, T70, T32 at the API, T16 at Honda. So Nick Taylor will be there at 7,300 bucks. I like Troy Merritt as well at 73. He's another Texas guy um, in this field. And when you look at uh, Merritt's past history here, T34 last year, T36, T49, his last three trips to this tournament and over um, the recent events, uh, T27 at the Valspar, T46 players, T74 at API. So making cuts, he can make some birdies and bunches as well. So he'd be a guy at 73. Brian Stewart at 72. He's third in good drives in this field, 23rd in my model. And he's played really well in this tournament. Missed cut last year, then T4, T36, missed cut, T55s, made three of his last five cuts. T7th last week, T16 at the Valspar, T22 at Puerto Rico, and T9 at Honda, plus a missed cut at the players, of course. So I think Stewart is interesting at 72. Might go a little low owned. I agree with you on Neesmith at 71. I agree with you on Patty Perez at 71. I think those are two really good values at their price point. And then, like, yeah, if you want to just kind of throw for broke here without going to the 6K range, Kramer Hickok, um, a Texas guy with massive upside here, coming in in really good form, missed both his cuts at this event, but really, really good form with Kramer Hickok. Anamon Lohiri, back-to-back made cuts here, including a top 10. Uh, had that big week at the players. He's interesting at 71. And then Bo Hosser as well, I'm with you, coming in in really good form, made about three or four straight cuts at this event at $7,000. So, yeah, getting down here to the 7K to 71, you can mix and match some of those if you can try to avoid the 6K. might be for your own health. Uh, who do you like in the 6K range? I mean, there's some guys down here I think are, you know, borderline playable, especially G- GPPs. Austin Smotherman, uh, $6,800. Uh, never played here, but um, model seems to like him all right. Wyndham Clark, 6800 Another guy who's, uh, you know, up and down. I mean, there's a reason all these guys are in 6K. I think Kevin Chappell's super interesting at 6700 Past winner here. Coming off a solid 15th place finish last week. He's been injured, um, kind of coming off of that. So I like him at 6,700. Grayson Sig, he made the cut here last year, finished 59th. Three straight made cuts for him um, on tour, and he's made uh, you know seven of the last eight. His, his low miss cut was uh, the Honda Classic, so that's pretty solid. Bramlett at 6,500. I'm surprised he's that low, but um, it might just be – I really don't know. Uh, I feel like that's an, uh, an underpriced. I was I was thinking maybe he's never played here, but he has, so I don't know. Lee Hodges at 6,500 if you want to pivot off of Bramlett. I'd much rather go to Bramlett, though, versus pretty much anybody else. Um, and then Peter Uline at 6,000. Um, he's missed the cut three straight years here, I know, but has been playing some solid golf uh, of late, uh, in, you know, particularly, particularly on the uh, – Corn Ferry Tour, so um, playing these opposite field events and has been making the cuts, uh, and this feels like an opposite field event if you take out the top 10 golfers. Yeah, it's a, a fun one. I know I'm going to want to dig in some more on some of these names, but uh, it's amazing. Cam Champs down here at 69, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Um, David Lipsky at 69, I like a lot. 37th in my model, 10th in good drives. 
uh, coming in in pretty good form. T7 last week, T68 at Valspar, T26 at API, even a T55 at the Honda. So he's made some cuts here for Lipsky. When you look at um, past event history, this will be his first time uh, at this event. So I like him, though, coming in in really good form at 69. Aaron Rye at 68. Again, if you're talking approach game, that's his bag. Um, tenth in opportunities gained, twenty first in this field, fifteenth in approach, fifteenth in par five scoring. Austin Smotherman, I'm with you there. I wrote him a lot a couple weeks ago, like sixty four hundred. I'll take the hundred dollars more or the four hundred dollars more at sixty eight and uh, have some fun with that. Seventh in opportunities gained over the last twenty four rounds in this field. JJ Spawn is twenty fourth in my model at sixty seven hundred. He's a uh, twenty fifth in good drives, sixteenth in uh, par five scoring. And we look at recent rounds for Mister JJ Spawn. Uh, man, they're all kind of just blending together now, all these names. I'll get there in a second. Let's just do the cheat code. There we go. He's uh, T27 at the Valspar, T52 at the API, T30 at the Honda. He did uh, – and I thought he played pretty well last week, and I swore he was in Corrales, but maybe I was wrong. But um, I like what we're seeing from JJ. Back-to-back missed cuts here within T26, T49. So I'll hope he uh, he figured things out a bit here and goes from JJ Spawn. Uh, Grayson Sig, I liked him as well. T Dunks is 16th in my model, uh, 27th in bogey, bogey avoidance, 27th in DK scoring in this event. And if you want to dig deeper with T Dunks, uh, T44 here last year, then two missed cuts prior to that. And um, but recent form T20 at the Corrales, T25 at Valspar, T35 at Puerto Rico. So again, kind of an op field event like you're mentioning could be good for T Dunks. Hudson Swafford at 64 is someone I'd be willing to look at as well. And I want to dig in some more on some of these deeper guys, but there are a few, like you mentioned, that uh, I'm okay going to battle with if we need to. All right, let's recap things real quick. 10K and above, who you liking? I'm going to say Rory. Yeah, that's probably the play. Um, yeah, I'll just go with Rory. I'm not going to try to be cute. Uh, 9K, go ahead and go with two. This is so loaded. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a relative term, loaded. Uh, true, true. I'll say Connors and McNeely. I'll go with Kirk and Gary Wood. No, Kirk and Siwoo Kim. Give me Kirk and Siwoo. Uh, 8K range, go ahead and go with two if you want. Uh, Strillman and Mito. I'll go with Luke List and Russell. Oh, no, Luke List and Patton Kazire. Those are my top two there. So this is fun stuff here, guys. Uh, 75 to 79. Uh, Kay Lee. Yeah, Kay Lee. Uh, since you took him, I'll take Doug Gim, but I like Kay Lee quite a bit. Uh, 7K to 74. Um, Lucas Glover. I'll go Brian Stewart. Uh, 6K range. Uh, Chapel. I'll go JJ Spawn. So, yeah, tells you where we're at in this one, people. Uh, if you're starting a cash game, though, Jesse, what are three guys you'd like to start out a cash game with in this field? I, I wouldn't play cash. Yeah, this I week. wouldn't either. I would not either. But a four or six might cash and cash this week. Just throw I that mean, out there. It could. It, you know, it depends on the weather. I mean, if you find some kind of like, we get some kind of weather bias draw. I, I I think cash is viable if you stack the quote unquote better wave, but I can't I can't condone playing cash this week. I would say KH Lee should be your cash lineup, so I'm gonna go that far. I don't he's, disagree with that. I think KH Lee is cash viable. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I said KH Lee, I'd be willing to take a gamble on a Russell Knox, just the way he finds the fairways and probably gets to the weekend. And then after that, take a 9K guy. That's, I'll yeah. just pick your 9K guy and see where it goes from there. Uh, but starting GPP, this is a great GPP week. So where yeah, would you start I mean, your GPP builds? It'd definitely be fun GPP week. Uh, so if you go Rory, that leaves you about 7,700 per golfer left. Um, I like your call on Nick Taylor there. I think that's an underprice on him. 
and then uh, Kevin Chapel. So that leaves eighty two hundred. So you're able to go back up and figure something out. Yeah, that's not too shabby actually. Um, I'll let you. I, I like the Rory build. I'm going to have plenty of those. But uh, let's. I'm going to try to do the. Uh, give me Siwoo with some Chris Kirk, and then I'll sprinkle in uh, some Patton Kazire. So let's see where things go from there. That should be so much fun. Uh, but what else will be so much fun this week is picking a winner. And like you talked earlier, a lot of long shots will surprise people here. So if you don't want to pick them to win, you know, T20, T10s could be some nice little ways to get some cash this week as well. So who do you who do you like to win this week? You know, by the way, Adam Hadwin has the same odds as Tony Finau. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, him and Finau. I mean, and, and Jason Day has longer odds than both of them. Jason Day has barely longer odds in Vegas and KH Lee and Troy Merritt and Patton because yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah, Lee at fifty five is not terrible. Um, Mav at thirty five. Um, I, I don't. Not. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't argue against betting that. Um, somebody who's a little bit longer, uh, like Neesmith at a hundred. He's probably got some possibility there. Um, Bo Hostler at 140. And I Lucas mean, is 130. He's won before at least, so that's interesting. Yeah, it's just – Yeah, I like the Bo Hossler call. The Bo Hossler at 140. Not terrible. That is, a, that is a fun one. There's a bunch of guys down there. Like you, Chappie's 180. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good top 20 bets coming down from down here. I could see – like Aaron Rye, if he figures out his, his uh, off-the-tee game, his iron game so good, he could swing into a top 20 pretty well. Even Hossler – Let's just go to the top 20 page now instead of trying to guess. He's plus 140, so a T20, you could have some fun in this one. And plus 500. Too bad. Get a little Bo Hosser there. Lahiri, 550. Neesmith, 550. Yeah, you could kind of pepper the T20 board and probably have a little bit of fun in this event. I'd say that much. Yeah. But uh, final thoughts as we wrap up the Valero, getting ready for the Masters next week. Yeah, it's a good week to just kind of save some money and make sure we got enough in the in the bank there to to play next week. Yeah, it's a fun next week, of course, the Masters, and we're talking behind the scenes. Jesse's got some ideas of hopefully getting some content out uh, maybe Saturday, Sunday, depending on what DK does. Maybe a second show. We'll see. That's the plan. That would be the plan. So uh, if you guys are interested, let us know. We'll, we'll try to make that all work out with the, the schedules permitting. But we do have Valero this week. Hopefully the app is functioning better than the WGC. That would be wonderful. Really good stuff there. But uh, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to 20 max in this thing. I took it easy last week because I was, didn't have time to prep, and I just didn't like match play is such a cluster but uh, oh it's it's difficult it's a mind fuck i did 150 lineups but the more i thought about it though that's probably the approach well honestly. that's what like it's like the one week where like i'm sitting there like this is th- there's a an, an edge to be had yes um, and i had half of them with scotty scheffler so i ended up doing okay but yeah, the more i thought about it this is the week to like yeah the, the wgc is the week to go balls to the wall yeah. just because but like the three of six the, and four or six catch big yeah, but the problem is is you have to have a lineup generator and be able to, uh, you know. Make sure you don't dupe up the same sections and stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, you just make sure that all every lineup has a possibility of getting sixth through to the final eight. So That, that part is tricky, but it is. there are sites that do that now. So that's yep. a good thing. Definitely that's something right. we could check out. But uh, we will end it on that note again. Valero this week, Masters next week. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be content everywhere, so take in what you can. Don't get overwhelmed because it's going to be fun. But it'll be a lot of the same content, I'll be honest. Uh, but you can find uh, Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BD Entrick. If you have any questions, 
hit us up in the fantasy DJs discord. There's guys always in there talking also, even F one's in there now F one's in there. They're, they're playing that. So whatever you want, go check it out. But for now, this was your Valero Texas open DraftKings preview. Catch you guys next time. Oh,